up, everybody? You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, per usual, at the Living the Dream Studios. And speaking of the Living the Dream Studios, D-Boy, my goodness, it's a lot of goodness going on <laughs> in the lab right now. It's I looking mean, good in here. It's looking real upgraded yeah. in here, man. Well, we've, we've been in here for about a year now. That's crazy yeah. to think now because, uh, yeah, it's moved fast, but it's been a constant project of ours, which has been fun to kind of see come together. And, uh, yeah, as of late, we even made a lot of elegant upgrades. It's, yeah. And it's looking good. It's feeling comfortable in here. Um which which you which you notice? What stick out to you right I now? I mean, obviously we got the new MacBook system up here with um, some upgraded uh, equipment, essentially for sound and audio quality things of that sort. I'm looking at this TV right here right now. We haven't had a TV since we've been recording this podcast, but I'm looking at it right now. And sound first off. things first, before we even talk <laughs> about that being a part of the upgrade, yeah. what the hell is Stephen A. Smith doing on the TV screen right now? <laughs> hosting a damn post-Oscars uh, award, show. award show. <laughs> the Oscars wrap-up show. What is he doing? He on the TV. <laughs> Not only is he on TV live doing something, but he got memes popping up about him. He, <laughs> yeah. He's on TV like three different ways in one right now. He's owning the show. Stephen and A. Smith, but, but as I'm he telling does. you, yeah, as for he does. sure. But I'm telling you, like, just you think about what we do here and obviously what I do in regards to my career. I wear many different hats, but, you know, I'm a sports commentator as Stephen A. Smith is. We know him to be a dynamite sports commentator, which is why it was necessary to bring him up commentating on an Oscars post-wrap-up award show. But anywho, I respect it because you think about what this particular podcast is all about. We focus on that intersectionality of sports, politics, and culture. And you look at what Stephen A. Smith is doing. Obviously, one of the most prominent sports journalists there is in society today. But right now, I'm watching him do an Oscars award wrap-up show. Mm -hmm. So... It mm-hmm. just kind of lets me know that I'm on Good the right publicity track. publicity for him, too, huh? Not only is he getting paid, but he he really on here. Great publicity for him. So I just think about what I do with DJing at Export one night, yeah. commentating the Portland State basketball yeah. game another night. All of the opportunities City that's Hall present the and what's to come. Yeah, just doing something political. So this, yeah. it, it makes me feel good that I'm wearing the mini hats that I'm yeah. wearing, seeing and knowing that's the success, Facts. essentially, that Stephen A. Smith has had throughout his career and him being on my damn t- or the damn TV screen right now here in the Living the Dream Studios. But yeah. that is a part of the, one That's of the upgrades, upgrade. something yeah, new in here. Sure. We haven't had a TV in here to be able to watch content. And obviously the volume is down because we're recording a podcast. Right. But being able to see that, to me, is an upgrade. It, it adds to the vibe. It yeah. adds to the aura. And I, we got I know plants that, and shit here. <laughs> shells. Above my head, shells. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even for me as an artist doing music in here, I noticed that I spend a lot more time in here making songs knowing that the TV is on, even if it's on mute. And for some people, they might understand. Some people, that might sound weird as hell. But when I'm in a studio and it's nothing here but music and studio to do, sometimes you might finish a song or finish a verse and need a break. And I'm the type of person that honestly can't sit still for too long. So in between time, if I ain't really got shit to do besides scroll on my cell phone which I could do from wherever, I'm ready to go. You feel me? And yeah. I get back to the studio. But 
having the TV here, it's like I could take my focus off the music for 15 minutes, watch the shit, not even need no sound, and, and, and get back into it. That's it, real. It, yeah, it That's may even though. be inspired by something on the TV for real. That's real, though, because when I worked in radio and I had the Justin and Devon radio show over at 750, um, Alpha Media was the company that owned our station, and it was also the headquarters mm-hmm. for this nationwide company, broadcast company that mm-hmm. is Alpha Media. So, being that Portland was the headquarters, we had some pretty state of the art studios there. Right. And as you mentioned, in between, you know, spitting the verse, you might want to take a break. I obviously wasn't spitting the verse, but we were on the air we Mm -hmm. were talking and we had to take breaks by default because it's commercial breaks we had a tv in there though and it helped the time pass pass. sometimes we'd see something on the tv and off the cuff and mm -hmm. on the fly be able to bring that into the show that we were recording live on the air doing so i understand like what yeah and it's crazy because back in the day i remember like now that my wheels is turning like I remember Lil Wayne talked about how he used to always record with Sports Center or First Take on. He made a song hence, called Sports yeah, Center. <laughs> hence why he has a lot of music. I mean, sports references, references in his right, music right. and all of the shit. We know how much of a sports lover he is. But something about the TV being in the studio like helps it. me. So that's a good upgrade. And it has a, uh, this might sound kind of ancient, but it's a flat screen, so don't get it twisted. But it has a built-in DVD in there, too. So I think it's dope that we don't got to right. take up too much extra space. But I could pop in a DVD. I could stream. I could do whatever right here from the that TV. That so, ancient, though. Yeah, but that's dope, though. You <laughs> feel me? No, that's real. It I is dope. No, movie. I hear you. Because like, a lot of people be watching movies when they record, too, I didn't hear You For feel sure. me? So we could stream. We could DVD out this thing. We got plans. We got soundproofing yeah. on the walls in here. Yeah, Man, it, it's coming. Together. And then we did a DIY on the land, the floor. You feel me? Yeah. We had the stock floor at first, and we didn't really feel it. It's like a wood gray, and we we did a whole tile layout. We about three quarters of the way done, but it's that looks together. and feels good. The, the colors, we repainted the booth. We put carpet in the booth. Amongst many other things, new desks. We didn't just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we it's, almost it's ready to together. go, huh? Yeah, it's coming together. And I think we might actually do some kind of event to celebrate it. We got access to a lot of spaces here where Living the Dream Studio is located. And I'm thinking about kind of having a general place to kind of do like a, a, a grand opening and let people know we'll that we're here. Up, and then, yeah, and then have people, said. you know, maybe five at a time or whatever, come through and check out the studio, get a little tour of everything that we're doing, what kind of equipment we're using and what kind of services we have to offer. So I didn't want to even think about doing nothing like that until the aesthetics and the equipment was up to par for that and we we about 90 percent there so you yeah, can feel it i, I feel it 100 percent. Right, right, obviously yeah. we're working on a podcast project with this very podcast the wake up and win podcast we're at like episode 91 92 92, 92. this yeah. is 92 right now so uh for the 100th episode we're actually gonna be unveiling some things as we get closer to it but on that particular episode we will be launching something in regard to this podcast and this studio has a lot to do with that, obviously, because this is where we record. So be on the lookout for that and just kind of keep your ear wide open as you're listening to us to kind of find out some of the things that we'll hint at that we'll be launching here pretty soon on behalf of this very podcast that you're subscribed to, listen to, or telling a friend about, you name it, whatever it is, whatever your connection is essentially to the Wake Up and Win podcast. We definitely have some growth and expansion and some improvements being made to this project here. So be on the lookout for that. But D-Boy, I also got a lot of announcements to make. Do you Talk have to any him. to make? No, you're All right. good. Take the floor. Um, 
Well, let's start this coming Friday. It's Valentine's Day, Love Day, all that good stuff. Um, I will be curating the vibes at the Export Bar and Lounge, where you obviously have heard me promote time and again because I'm there quite regularly, usually about three to four times a month. I DJ at Export, and first off, it's at a five-star hotel, the Porter Hotel in downtown Portland. The bar is a rooftop bar and lounge. It's on the 16th floor of the export of the Porter Hotel, excuse me. So when you go up there, you have a phenomenal view of the entire downtown Portland. Like literally, you can see over the entire downtown. It's such a beautiful sight to see. You also can see through like the penthouse type glass that they have over the freeways and the river and things of that sort. It's just so many great views and it's a couple of different decks. The decks are covered. I know it's cold. You never know when it's going to rain here in Portland. So the aesthetics, the aesthetics are just a one essentially for anybody that wants to come out and have a good date night with their Valentine. There'll actually be a live band there to start. So starting at 6 PM, there'll be a live band there from six to nine. And then at nine o'clock, once the live band ends, I'll hop right on and DJ from 9 PM to close. So I'm telling you, I don't think that there's a bar in the city that has better aesthetics inside, outside, being that it's a rooftop bar, being that it's only been open for about a couple years now. So it's a fairly new and modern establishment. But I really, really would encourage y'all to come out there that night because the band is going to be great. I always kill it. I'm going to be honest with you. When I go in there, be cracking it's, in been, there. it's lit. <laughs> it's be lit. Cracking. It's lit. But I don't even want to be. But I don't even want to just cater to the couples. I also want to cater to the folks that are single because I actually talked to the general manager at Export about Valentine's because I DJed there last weekend as well. And she was telling me essentially like it's a big venue and they want to have an area designated for couples so that couples could kind of mingle, hang out with other couples, have a good date night, have some fun. But they also want to designate an area in there for the folks that are single so they don't have to feel lonely on Valentine's night and they might be able to meet their match so that next year they could be in the couples area on Valentine's Day, whether it be at Export or wherever else. So it's actually something where they're kind of trying to cater it to both folks that are in relationships and also folks that are single and want to be able to get out and about because it's still a Friday night and it's Valentine's and a lot of people will be out because of that particular holiday. So come pull up on me, man. It's really not a better place that you could go to in the city. Um, then following up from that, Saturday. We got a big game coming up on Saturday. It'll be Portland State playing against Eastern Washington. And Eastern Washington is actually now in first place in uh, in the Big Sky Conference. It'll also be the Big Sky Conference game of the week once again. So uh, some of you all got to check me out on TV about a week and a half back because Portland State played against Montana. That was the Big Sky Conference game of the week. And that game was televised on 11 Sports. So folks that have DirecTV, ATT, U-verse, you could actually see and hear me on the call through your cable provider. So definitely come out. Check that out. It's going to be a good game. The Viking Pavilion really is a vibe 
for those home games. D boy, <laughs> keep nice it gym. lit. Such a <laughs> it nice really vibe. is a vibe. Just go. Just, just go. Don't meet me there. Beat me there, because I'm gonna be there. Eighty percent of the home games. Hey, it's just a dope spot to be. It's I a great spot to be, and it's good quality atmosphere. basketball. It like is. a lot of people, I haven't been to a bad game there yet. It's like, quality hey, basketball. It's, it's good. And I tell people all the time, the reason why I enjoy it is because it's the Big Sky Conference. It's cats that go to the league out of the Big Sky Conference. Hell, I did a Portland State versus Weber State game two weeks ago. Obviously, Damian Lillard played. Damian Lillard graduated from. Well, he didn't graduate. He left the year early, but yeah, he, um, went, he, he went to he got Weber his, State. His and look from Weber. He got his look from Weber and got drafted in the top five in the first round coming from Weber State. And they're in the same conference as Portland State. Portland State has a dynamite point guard right now who's breaking records left and right. I talked about him last time we were on here, Holland Boo Boo Woods. He's balling right now. I could see him being in the league a couple years from now. He's a junior, still has another season. I said it when I first started there. I'm like, that dude could go to the show. I think he just got to get bigger. That's all I see. I see he got to get bigger. He's got another year to do that, though. he he has the time. (laughs) He's got some time to do it. That's what's needed. I don't see too many flaws in his game. Yeah. I see his size could be a problem. It's it's really, really high-level quality basketball. So pull up, man. It'll be the Big Sky Conference game of the week. I'll be suited and booted once again, which I thought early enjoy because usually you know i got my button up my plaid button up whatever it is that i like to rock uh on for the pluto tv broadcast but because it's the 11 sports broadcast the big sky commissioner makes us wear a suit because they'll be on 11 sports network and they want us to really represent the right way for the big sky conference game of the week so it's not even me making the choice or the conscious decision to want to wear a suit even though i do enjoy doing so but I kind of got to do it because the Big Sky Conference commissioner is making us do so. So that's what I got up this weekend. I do got more coming up next weekend, but we'll talk about that on the next podcast. D-Boy, you got anything coming up, going on? Uh, January 15th, I'm going to be performing. January 15th was last month. I mean, February. February. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't drink before this, I promise. You feel me? February 15th, Caddy. I'm going to be doing my first show ever. In Vancouver, Washington. Oh, yeah, first show ever in Washington. And, I don't think I performed. Yeah. I mean, it's right there, but yeah, still, but it's, yeah, I, I never performed in Washington. We uh, we got a situation January being February fifteenth <laughs> at Club X. I'm still in January, y'all. Something must have happened in January. I don't want to let go of it. But February fifteenth at Club X, I'll be performing in Vancouver, Washington. Like you said, it's not far from Portland, so my Portland people could still come out i know we got a lot of listeners in portland and the surrounding cities but uh club x look it up do your research vancouver washington february 15th i got it right that time third time's a charm and other than that I- i'm gonna just be dropping music so I'll be looking out on my socials there we go there we go so we're gonna get into some content here and we actually are just gonna run straight through a wide array of content because there's just a lot going on. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the Oscars. We had the ending of power. We had the all-star teams get picked this week. We got a whole lot to discuss, but usually I would start off with more of a heavier, hard-hitting sports and politics topic, sports and culture topic. Whatever the topic is, it will probably be the most hard-hitting topic that it is we'd have to discuss on this podcast and we kind of get it rolling. And so obviously some of you have heard this week about the interview with Gail King and Lisa Leslie in regards to Kobe Bryant's legacy and the rape case that happened in Colorado and 
the drama essentially that came out of that many public figures trashing Gail King for some of the questions that she asked Lisa Leslie and Lisa Leslie longtime Los Angeles spark a really good friend of Kobe Bryant kind of had to uniquely navigate through some of the questions that were asked there in regards to her friend but I don't want to actually talk about that today and the reason being is not this coming Friday which is Valentine's Day but the following Friday We'll have Amira Rose Davis. She's a journalist, a, a professor at, I believe, Penn State University. Um, she actually wrote to me, and I we obviously came on here and pretty much dedicated a whole episode to Kobe the last time that we recorded. But to me, she wrote what I would say is the most thought-provoking piece that I've read to date in regards to Kobe Bryant and his legacy and touching a lot on what took place in Colorado. So I want to wait until she comes in because she'll be here in Portland uh, next weekend. She'll be doing a colloquium at Pacific University, which is my alma mater. So she'll be doing a lecture up there and she'll be here in Portland and she'll come join us on the podcast where we'll talk about that particular article, which I would really, really urge you all to read. It was called A Legacy of Incoherence and it was a part of the New Republic publication it really circulated online because you know obviously she's she does some good things she has her own podcast well she co-hosts a podcast called the burn it all down podcast it's a feminist podcast with other prominent uh female journalists in the sports and politics realm so i'm not even going to get into this gail king lisa leslie stuff because i want to wait till she gets here so we could discuss the article that she wrote and we'll also touch on that interview because it kind of intersects with some of the stuff that she wrote about essentially in regards to Kobe Bryant. I'm not a person that's scared to touch on that topic either though, by the way, which a lot of people are not really wanting to touch on that topic because the man did just die. It was such a tragic death and it was just a lot that went on there about as regards to his family being affected, several other families being affected, really an entire world being affected because Kobe Bryant was on that particular helicopter. I still can't but that. it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm yeah, I can't really wrap my mind around it either, but I'm not afraid to touch on that topic as some people are saying it shouldn't be touched on at this particular time. Do I have a certain outlook on that topic? Absolutely, but I'm willing to touch on it nonetheless rather than just leave it alone, leave it alone and act like it doesn't exist because it does. <laughs> so, I, I'm not really gonna stay away from that or hide from it i just want to wait until she comes here to discuss that so d-boy what we actually could start with i want to start with your bets today and what the hell happened with that because we talked earlier on in the day and you was real excited you were real excited thinking that you had a a hit on the way i don't know if you did end up hitting on one of your bets because you always got two or three of them maybe more going on at a time but I want to just talk about your bets today before we get into everything else. What what happened, man? Caddy. You, you was you were supposed to be a thousand dollars richer today, man. Did it happen? Did it not happen? I don't know. How about twelve fifty? Twelve fifty off of how much? Seven dollars. Seven dollars. Seven dollars. How many games would you have to bet? Seventeen on? parlay, and I was five for seven. Seventeen. I was five parlay. for seven. Ooh. So I really, if I would have did a five team parlay, I still would have probably fell into about. 
six to seven hundred dollars out of that um twelve hundred. But obviously, like I said, it was seven teams. And I'm gonna get into it in a second. I'm pulling it up right now. But it was crazy because I always like obviously we talked about it before. I do sports bets pretty often, but every day when I look at what I would want to bet on, I always look at the underdogs that have the strongest possibility of winning. I like to group together as many underdogs that I I can that have a chance to actually win because that gives my ticket life every time. And that's where the big massive amount of money comes from on such a small gamble for real. When you're talking about $7 to win $12.50. So if you look at my betting history right here, I'm pulling up right now. There it is, $7. So I had the Chicago Bulls and the Philadelphia 76ers game. I had over 213 as the total score. That was 118 to 111, well over 213, easy. I had the Memphis Grizzlies and the Wizards. I had under 240, which I thought was a steal. 240 points for the Grizzlies and the Wizards, 106 to 99. That's a steal. Wow. Then they had the Lakers, I mean the Clippers and the Cavaliers. I had the Clippers money line and they spanked the Cleveland Cavaliers 133 to 92. So this is all a part of one parlay. This is all a part of that. Then I had Boston Celtics money line as the underdogs to OKC, which that was a steal too. I don't know how the Boston Celtics could ever be put as the underdogs. OKC is playing good basketball right now, but the Celtics are a contender. contender. legitimate contender. Underdogs, give me here. (laughs) Steal, you feel me? So what what didn't hit was um, I had the Houston Rockets to beat the Jazz. And as we've seen, that went down with one second left on some craziness. Is that the game you lost on? So No, that wasn't the game I lost on. It was one more. It was the uh, the Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks went to to double overtime. The Knicks were up by six points with a minute left. And I stopped checking on that. I'm checking on my other games at this point because I'm thinking that's in the bag. That's at the point when I call you. I'm like, they up by six with a minute left. They should take care of that. In overtime. In overtime. So I'm like, all I'm worried about is these other two games. The Rockets and the Jazz. Because remember, what I still had left was I needed the heat. To beat the Blazers, and that end up didn't that happen happened, either. But it was too late. You feel me? So I could have told you that wasn't going to happen. It, it, well, we talked about it. I didn't know Jimmy Butler wasn't playing when I put the bet in. But we talked about Miami still being a good team, which they fought to. It was a two four point game with a minute left in that game. The problem was I didn't. Me? I'm gonna tell you what it was though. What I really think the difference was in that game. After seeing how pissed the fuck off Damian Lillard was after that goaltending call that didn't work out in the last game against Utah and all of that that circulated based on all that he had to say in regards to criticizing Mm -hmm. the referees for Mm -hmm. basically fucking that game off for the Blazers, Mm -hmm. I knew they wasn't coming out losing tonight. He wasn't having it. He wasn't losing after losing in the manner that he lost in the last game, I, I just didn't see right. that being a thing. Facts. But so the even parlay, thinking about that, the Blazers would be doing... I mean, they're definitely improving since Dame has been going on this tear, but 
they would definitely be in a pretty good position had they got that, that game, game that they, they were they, supposed they, to they, win. Well, they could have. It would have tied it. We don't know what would have happened, but it definitely would have given no, them a chance. No, it would have put them up one, I thought. No, it tied the game. It would have tied the game. I well, swear to God. Still, I would it it would have gave them a chance, yeah. It would have I would take that. But um, outside of that, I did a little small, little money line bet, uh, a live bet while the game was going on in Boston was down that uh, they would beat OKC. They came back and did that, so they hit for me. And then... Peep this parlay that I won. $5 to win 170. Philadelphia Sixers beat the Bulls by more than four points. 111 to 118. They did that. Memphis Grizzlies money line to beat the Washington Wizards. 106.99. They did that. Utah Jazz on this one. Because I knew I had Rockets on the other one. Mm-hmm. Utah Jazz as the as the underdog. To beat the Rockets. He did it for me with a second left. You feel me? Hit a three to win it. Bogdanovich. That was a crazy shot. Then I thought this was a steal. They gave me ten and a half points on the Knicks versus the Hawks. The game ended up being 135 to 140 in double overtime. So they lost by less than 10. And then last but not least, I had the Clippers to win by more than eight points versus the Cavs. And as I mentioned, they whooped their ass. So that was an easy five dollars to win one seventy. So right you hit there. that. So I hit that. I hit that well, one there today. You go. So <laughs> it wasn't the twelve hundred, but they gave me two hundred. You feel me? Well, By the end of the day, go. off of a couple of you know twelve dollars worth of bets. So I'll take that. That's a win on the day, That's and we're gonna keep winning. But like I said, basketball is hard. I'm really good at football. Basketball is so streaky and game of runs where you're never really comfortable at basketball. I've noticed. Until the zeros on the clock. I know they say that in all sports, but basketball more so than anything, you are not safe until your the time has expired, unless you up by thirty. It's interesting you say that because <laughs> like, often, real. often we talk Bruh, about basketball crazy. and we talk about football and we talk about it from a from a parity perspective. Because you think about basketball, you usually have dynasties. Obviously, the Warriors being the most recent dynasty. You think about what LeBron James was able to do going to eight straight NBA Finals. Before that, you think about the Lakers and the Spurs and the runs that they had through the Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan era. Um, And that goes back to the beginning of the 2000s, the beginning of the century, essentially, because in 2000, the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq, 1999, I believe it was David Robinson and Tim Duncan who won it. So you think all the way back to 20 years ago, the 90s was Jordan's era as far as dynasties were concerned. And ultimately what I'm getting at, you don't quite see that necessarily in football. So people tend to say that football has more parity than basketball when it comes to the sport, being able to really kind of see how competitive things will actually be and not be able to predict what's going to happen in that sport. But now that you speak on it from a betting perspective and you're telling me that it's a lot harder to bet on basketball than it is on football would tell me that there's a little bit more credit to be had in regards to the sport of basketball when it comes to the parity within the sport. When you say the parity, what you mean? What, um, what you mean? Even even playing field, like competition being equal, essentially, and not it being two or three good teams or, you know, or in football, oh, yeah, there's that's like definitely true. across that's what the I board, mean. it's I, a lot of good teams, think, and you don't really see, we only really tend to talk about it from an yeah. aspect of championships. Football, you're not seeing teams win back-to-back Super Bowls. Right. Yeah. What Tom Brady is doing is rare shit, but like... You every year there's a new Super Bowl champion. That's where with basketball, like I mentioned, 
you can date all the way back to the inception of the sport or the NBA in particular, and it's also it's always been sort of a dynasty-led league. The Lakers and the Celtics with all the dynasties they've had throughout the years, the Michael Jordan dynasty, the Kobe Shaq dynasty, the Tim Duncan dynasty, the Warrior dynasty, the LeBron dynasty. Like People tend to say football has a lot more parity because you don't see dynasties when it comes to winning championships. But if you're telling me it's harder to bet on basketball games than football I'm games, give you an easy then that means to me there's parity there, so, just not in the realm of I'm gonna winning championships. I'm going to give you an easy example. I had a parlay that I did two nights ago, I believe, on Friday. And I hit four out of five of my teams on the, that I picked. And what pissed me off was that the team that I lost on was not only the Houston Rockets, but it were it was them losing to the Phoenix Suns ninety one to one twenty seven. Yeah, which the Phoenix Suns are twenty one and thirty one on the year as a record. I say all that to say they come back today and play a game down to the wire with Utah, which is a elite Western it's Conference solid, team. Yeah, yeah, it's a playoff uh, team in the West, and so that's kind of what I mean. Where you 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 normally don't see those those top teams in football really get blew out when they lose. They're usually in the game and fall within a, a, a reasonable spread. Right. And the teams that do blow people out that I bet on in football are usually known to blow. Like, the Saints, they blow people out sometimes. They end up, Drew Brees might take you on one. Tom Brady, in his later years, I've noticed... He keeps games closer. They still find a way to win, but he's lost some. Uh, I mean, he's won a lot of games by a field goal yeah. or that last drive. We know about he doesn't. He wasn't blowing people out. So once again, I felt like that was easy to pick within the spreads and within football. Also with quarterbacks, uh, what you call it uh, for the for the Ravens, he wasn't losing you too many games. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Mahomes doesn't lose you too many games, right. and they follow. This trend where, like I said, Houston could come stink it up and lose by 30 to an under 500 team. Or, or I don't know how much he <laughs> like, had in that game, mm-hmm. but or like you got 40. a dynamite player like Devin Booker who can come out and light you but up. That's on what I mean. Where even on a weak team, you, yeah. it could be one guy that just keeps <laughs> yeah, you yeah. in the game and take you on one. That's kind of what I'm saying. And even with the Warriors, it's like, who would have ever thought they would only lose by four to the Lakers yesterday? Right. You're picking the spread. When you see, oh, Lakers to beat the Warriors by six, as a better, you're thinking, Automatic. give me that yeah. all day. <laughs> and then they lose by four, and you sick when you yeah. have that as the way you lose because everybody is expecting the Lakers to beat the Warriors by more than six. So yeah. that's what I mean by, yeah. you know, so what I'm getting used to more is not being so stingy for the big money and just taking the money lines because – Trends do still follow. The Lakers supposed to beat the Warriors. They beat them. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Rockets damn near should have won today's game, and they didn't because of a one. Also, but Utah's also. You can say the same it, for Utah. It's clo- exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. close game where it yeah. happens within that small window, as you would expect. And so I just think basketball is just more difficult because, like I said, it's just inconsistent. One player could change. Every- Damian Lillard got hot, and they. I bet on the Lakers the day that Damian Lillard – Bust they ass the oh, first the time night. they played Kobe, Kobe. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we didn't expect them to win. 
They was favored to lose by 12 points, and they won the game. Think about the betters that took Portland as an underdog. They hit. They hit. You feel me? Yeah. But nobody's expecting. Like said, you betting with your heart, your emotion. You thinking LeBron finna go for 40. You, it just wasn't the night you expected from the Lakers. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That's interesting, man. It's so interesting because, like I said, we usually equate parity to championships, but you also can equate yeah. parity to the sport and a player going off, a team going off and in the world in the realm of betting in particular, it's an entirely different conversation to be had on that particular subject. Can I, can I tell you one more thing that matters that I didn't touch on real quick? Injuries. A lot more injuries matter and, and you don't see like you usually know if a star player is injured and out for four to six weeks in football. With basketball it's so many knickknack Oh, he's sitting today because of a hip or a pull, and you don't know. It's so many game-time decisions where that doesn't happen in football. You know the quarterback and the running back and the receivers that you need is playing. And if you don't know, even with fantasy, they damn near telling you, don't forget this guy is inactive this week. In basketball, I might make a bet in the morning and realize, like I did today, bet on the heat and realize Jimmy Butler not playing, but he was a game-time decision. Well, damn, that killed that. And it's a lot more. Games I mean, being played. You, and, and that's you what I mean. 82 game yeah. season to a 16 Even from people game sitting season. down, every time I bet yeah. on the Clippers, I'm checking if Kawhi going to play or it's going to be one of them games because it just be yeah. that. And he didn't play tonight, and they still won by 40. So it was a good pick, but you just never know. So that's also another big factor. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Now, next, I want to take it back to the culture again because – I don't know if you did, but I watched the final episode of Power that just came out. Why not? (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. I'd be too busy in my head, (laughs) Caddy. I don't watch much TV either. That's the only show. I've been loyal to Power since the the beginning. And you have. I know. That's about the only show I watch The only times I've watched Power was at your house. (laughs) I swear. Okay, okay, okay. and, And the times that I've watched it, it's been good. But I think... I, like the only time I really watch TV, period, is when I'm laying it down to go to sleep. Like I take it to the couch before I move it to the bed, and that's just the way it goes. So at that point, like I'm damn near halfway in and out of. Like I don't really look forward to like going home and watch. Like you, that yeah. was your thing. Like you yeah, had scheduled and programmed on it, and I just not in a I bad got, way. I got the but stars yeah. app and everything yeah. just and for so power. I just, I, at my point, like I just be too damn busy in my head, bro. Yeah. I just I don't, you know what I mean. I don't yeah. have a focus on that, but. I be I follow Fifty and I be seeing the audit, but I don't be wanting to talk about it. I hate the Facebook spoilers who saying who shot who and all the yeah, shit. I'm not a part of that. That's community. more what I want to talk to. <laughs> that's actually more what I want to talk that's to because I'm glad you said it. I see because it because I'm I go on Twitter. That's where I tend to like get more of my news and get my opinions and how people feel about whatever is going on in the world. Obviously, it was the finale for Power, so I know a lot of people are talking about. Power power and discussing it and people on the internet are just so fucking shallow because for one i thought it was a good episode and i'm not here to argue or debate whether it was a good episode or not that's that's subjective if you feel like it was a bad episode so be it but i feel like a lot of people don't really feel like it's a bad episode more so than them wanting to say something attention grabbing Mm -hmm. on social media and it irks me because 
I'm just really looking at the landscape of the entire thing, not just the content that's on TV that I still tend to think is actually pretty good content. But then I'm looking at the end and I'm looking at the spinoffs that are going to come from power. And now I'm thinking deeper into how smart 50 Cent is. And then I'm starting to think into these particular actors that have become mega stars essentially because of the roles they played on power. You think about Omari Hardwick and Ghost. That elevated his profile tremendously playing the role of Ghost. You think about Tommy and Joseph Sakura is his actual name and how he's now getting ready to get his own spinoff from power. You think about Tariq, Michael Rainey Jr., mm-hmm. and how he's sort of going to come into that main character role and be the next splitting image of his father, which Ghost was throughout these first six seasons. And then I even look at 50 Cent from a production angle. And I'm starting to really understand now why 50 Cent can't necessarily play a main role in this particular show because he's too busy working on spinoffs left and Mm -hmm. right. He's too busy working on the next production and the next product. He's a true epitome of a businessman. He got a lot going on. Oh my goodness. For real, for real. And so just seeing like how the change essentially is affecting people because you've had so much growth happen in all of these careers because of this one particular outlet in this show that is power people are having such a hard time to navigate through that. I feel like, but if you really, if you really look at it from the grand scheme of things and from the biggest picture you possibly can, that is dope as fuck that all of these opportunities are coming in the direction of these particular characters that really held a show down Mm -hmm. and made it one of the greatest shows of all time. Mm -hmm. Majority of them being of color, a lot of them black in particular. I mean, it's been a long run. Like you said, you've been drawn in for a couple years damn near now. So, And and I don't get why people, like people just don't really even think into that because they just want to say anything. But I'm like, man, this is really historic. I'm going to tell you what's crazy is that more so, like you said, it's the effect People want to say something because that's what they're seeing the narrative is. People are now hating on the show, saying they don't like how it ended, saying it was weak, all this stuff. And then people follow that narrative and for attention want to side with that. And it's the same with the music shit, damn near. It's like people like what seems to be getting fucked with. So when the radio programs you and it, this person seems to be cool to like and this girl is posting selfies at the gym playing this music, that's what seems trendy to like and people fuck with it. It's an opinion that everybody follows because it seems like that's the narrative. And yeah. so without me even being somebody who watched Power, I didn't heard a lot more negativity about the show in the past week or so than I didn't heard in this whole long run of it entertaining the same people this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? And so I just think that that's the gift and the curse of the internet where it's like, instead of just being really real and and having an opinion or evaluating something really to its fulfillment, yeah, Yeah, to its its fullest, I think people are too swayed on opinion and, and let that dictate what kind of chance it really gives something. And, and I, I like that you said that because that even goes back to what I was talking about with the Stephen A. Smith topic earlier and then even what I'm talking about now with these power characters and how, yeah, change is going to happen because you look at the success the show has had and the opportunities that are being presented to these particular actors and actresses their value has now changed because of this show. Mm-hmm. Obviously for the better. Mm -hmm. Why would people not 
look at things such as a quality show that power is for mm-hmm. that type of a value rather than mm-hmm. uh, a retweet value or mm-hmm. a, a viral moment type of a value. I'm like, bro, it's really gems on and off the set that are really out there for people to grab and hold on to in mm-hmm. regards to the journeys of the careers for all of these actors and actresses, as well as Courtney Klimp and uh, 50 mm-hmm. Cent, who are both producing the show. So I'm just looking at the success model more so than I'm just looking at the content, like I said, that I still thought was really good. But if people don't start focusing and really looking at the success model of this show, they're going to be behind because it is some real mm-hmm. shit going on yeah. all because of this one show and that, that is power. And that brings me back to what I said was really <laughs> my primary focus as an artist for 2020 outside of dropping more music is bringing people on the journey. That's the appealing part. That's the part that people want to see. Oh, he made it from this, or he went through that, or that part of the life that he went through was relatable to something I went through or that I saw. So when people see us personally making these contacts and connects to get shirts and hats embroidered and going to the fashion district in LA to buying the merch and and doing all this hands-on, it's, it's giving light, you feel me, to hundreds and thousands and hopefully millions of people that we could touch who Wills is spinning about trying to start a business or yep. how hard they might think it is and how easy it relatively could be, you feel me? Absolutely. And that's, that, like you said, the biggest thing that sticks out about Power is like, that's really his journey, though. It's like, his journey. It's you feel all me? It's journey, all they journey. I'm, I'm just looking back to five, six years ago when they started this thing and I'm looking at the, and the growth, growth of, of that, Amari Hardwick, who is saying, ghost, like, and when, talk, like, man, Lala Anthony, she was but, a, Lala used to be a fucking host. She but, was not an actress but before. That's she was a radio to, that's slash follows. TV host, and now look what she's grown into from this right. show that is power. That's what cult followings are, are made from, you feel me? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is, and that's kind of <laughs> when people, you know, the, the biggest fans of mine, they, they, they see me from Lynn Benton Community College. They see me from Napa Valley College. They see me in high school doing our first mixtapes and being the first people to have graphics done and shit. So now when you see the Blazer song being played in front of 20,000 people or you see all of these zeros behind certain stream numbers or whatever, it's that, oh, I seen that journey. I seen that first mixtape you pressed up. Mm-hmm. I still got that hard copy you handed me five Whatever the case may be. And so that's the appealing part of the shit. And that's what people overlook because they want to fit into that criteria of an opinion that's being made when you're missing the grand scheme of the whole, you know. You know what? At this point, y'all keep overlooking it and trying to yeah, get the real. We'll, we'll keep dissecting we'll, we'll the real. Dissect the, yeah, yeah, we'll dissect we'll the real. Dissect Come the here real. when you need the real. Yeah, real. <laughs> when you need some quality content without having to get a spoiler, a spoiler alert in order to be able to have a lot of people drawn to your show or to have a reaction out of your show, come right here to the Wake Up and Win podcast, baby. Um, You got anything for taking L's today? Uh, I don't. I always could have some, but I don't. I don't got nothing for taking L's. Well, today, I do. I, you think about it. Yeah, I, I have sure something. will. I have something off yeah. the top of my head for taking L's. I got you. But I also have, I'm gonna have something. I also have a hot take attached to my taking L. First things first. Giannis Antetokounmpo took an L for that fucking um All Star team that he drafted and picked 
in comparison to LeBron James. That's what that's who takes the O this week. Giannis, you would be a terrible GM after what I saw you. He left everybody good on the table. I mean, it looked like I don't care who on his team because I seen. Let the, me pull up these rosters, man. man. My goodness, Giannis, what were you thinking? I mean, come. I understand. I like the mentality of Giannis as a player. He's super competitive and. You know, he he really tries not to befriend people, but Giannis, you got to understand the business side of things, too. There is a such thing called a post-career. LeBron showed why he'll probably end up being a GM or an owner or something in regards to the sport after his playing days because, I mean, he just picked a much better team than Giannis did. I'm still pulling up these rosters right here right now, but my goodness, it was terrible. Um on behalf of Giannis. But even with that, now the hot take that I have attached to that, I am willing to bet that Giannis' team will win the game. They ain't going to win that fucking game. No, <laughs> sorry, y'all. They not going to win that game, bro. No, no, no. Bet your you money. Don't think they, you don't think they'll win that game? Bet your money. No, I, bet I, your I'm money. Willing bet, I'm willing to I got bet a dub that they'll win you. that game. I got a dub for you. A hot dub or ten. I'm with it's that. a bet. It live on air. Thank you. So LeBron Easy chicken. So I'ma just start naming Ask off the out. players that LeBron Ooh. drafted in comparison to the players that so the starters. LeBron starters is obviously LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. The starters for Giannis' team is obviously Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam. Kimba Walker and Trey Young. How do you end up with that team with the pool that was there? Yeah, that don't even sound like an all-star <laughs> team. Like a, I, I'm like, man, no Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson. That I don't sounds even like, sound a, like an all-star team. That sounds like Boob City, and I'm glad. That sounds like the freest 20 you ever gave me. Now look at the birthday. reserves. Now let's look at the reserves. LeBron's reserves. Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons. Nikola Jokic, uh, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and DeMontis Sabonis. Giannis observes Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. That sounds like a Harlem Globetrotter lineup. <laughs> and Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Man. But I'm going to, but, but, no. but for no particular no. reason, my hot take will be that Giannis' team is going to win all-star game. game. And it don't kind of matter, but it's going to matter with that dumbass. The reason, but you know what? But you know what, though? I might even want to just eat my words. I think I just put a hot take out there just to put a hot take out there. But I'll tell you the reason why Giannis <laughs> and them might not win it is because of the Kobe Bryant element that will be brought into the All-Star game. So what they're doing is, yeah, instead of it... about that. Okay, Clear so I'm going to break it down for you. Instead of it being a four-quarter basketball game, what they'll do is the first three quarters will be played regularly. At the end of the third quarter, whatever team is in the lead, they'll add 24 points, which will be the target score. So even if you're down by 10... The first team to get to whatever that target score is, which is 24 points added to the team that has the lead, then both teams play to that target score. It's like playing 21, but one team will start off however many points ahead because they're in the lead, so it'll be easier. They'll be 24 points away from the target score, while the team that's losing will be 
34 points away Too from the target I mean, score. I no, but I, I but I I'm gonna tell you the part. Yet. I'm gonna tell you the part that I like <laughs> about it though. What it forces, it forces a game winner to have to happen because now you have to reach this target score rather than okay, the game is over with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. There's no way that the losing team can come back because yeah, it's a wrap. That makes it more better but, for but, your but knowing, yeah, but, knowing, but knowing that there's a target score at the end and we know what Kobe Bryant meant when it came to, when it came to his clutch ability and being able to be that player to knock down game winners, et cetera, et cetera, there has to be a game winner made in order for you to win in this all-star game. I think that's kind of dope. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And because of that, I think LeBron and them are actually going to attempt to try to win in honor of Kobe Bryant. But I also think that if in a regular format, I'm definitely taking Team Giannis for no reason. I mean, yeah. that could go either way, though, in a game winner. We, all, we just talked about no that. We, they all NBA players. That's yeah, all-stars that's for a reason. reason. So right, if it right. comes down to a game winner, it's anybody's so, ball game. Yeah, for sure. So but, uh, um, yeah. what, you, what did you so, scramble up over so there? So I like what I came up with in it because it, it – we didn't touch on it too much for it to be such a new thing, and it's the trade situation. The a lot, a lot yeah, of yeah, trades yeah. just happened for the trade deadlines in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen a lot of good things happen for people in, in teams and organizations. I've seen a lot of things I didn't agree with. And for this one, I'm not going to give it to one particular person. I'm going to give it to a player and an organization that took it out. I thought that Andre uh, Drummond situation was kind of nasty for the Pistons. Did you hear about that or see that? Talk about it. For one, um, I've been fortunate enough to see Andre Drummond play a few times, and he's a killer. He's he's really good. Like he he, he put is. he one time single handedly beat the Trailblazers. I watched him do it, and another time he took an L, but he he still damn near put up a triple double on some crazy shit. Just right, right, thirty five. Right. 15 and 9 or almost yeah, you know yeah, something yeah, crazy yeah. but he he always balled and I always respected his game and I saw what kind of effort he put out for the Pistons which we know haven't been no contenders or nothing like that as of late but um he just really wasn't informed at all and we hear it all the time that the NBA is a business and blah 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 but he played the night before and had no, no and went to Cleveland I believe yeah, Cleveland Cavaliers. Like he gave a franchise all he had for X amount of years. I don't know if it was five or seven, but it was a, sh- a lengthy was amount of time. He was an all star. Put it all on the line every time I watched him play. And as you know, me doing my bets, even st- seeing him, you know, as he played other teams, always filling the stat sheet. He just was good. And so I seen him tweet out. That, like, you hear about the nature of the business, blah, blah, blah. But he played his heart and soul and gave everything he had to Detroit and loved Detroit. And without any kind of preparation or any kind of warning, he was shipped bye bye out now. to Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> and so bye bye I now. thought that was, you know, I thought that was, I don't know the nature of the business as far as I'm not in it. So I don't know if it's any room for warning or some kind of way I, obviously he didn't agree with the way he found out and if that's true that it was shady how he found out or that it could have been a better way I would have appreciated that more for both you know I would both think parties, that yeah, yeah I would think that's classless if they could have done better as a Detroit Pistons organization and then for Andre Drummond just 
having to leave a place that he seemed to love and enjoy playing for, playing for through the goods and the bads. Like you said, having a lot of individual achievement, not so much team, but seeming to be happy and and playing hard for them. And so that was an L for both. Yeah, bad breakup. With that being said, though, you got to give credit to Andre Iguodala now and what he did. He's a buster. (laughs) I I don't think so. Why was he not playing, though? Uh, that's another story. I well, don't I mean, know. it's not even. I don't really know yeah, why he wasn't, he wasn't playing. Obviously, playing he just didn't want to be there. Wanna, yeah, th- but, but can you blame him at this point in his career? He's more so towards the latter part of his career. He already We've got championships and he shit. Though it's like just play. No, like, just no. Do what you want to do. You've already earned your stripes by producing the win championships. And obviously, if we're gonna sit here and talk he, about is Andre he a Hall of Drummond, Drummond, uh, not first ballot. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He might go. He might go. Right. He might go. I mean, he's he's got a couple All Stars under his belt. He's got he's some a, rings under his belt. And I think he might even. And I think he might even have a Defensive Player of the Year under his belt as well. I think it will be more for defensive purposes rather than offensive purposes why he would get into the Hall of Fame. But even with that being said, I like what he did. Baby. I've already talked about it, and I've already sort of been an advocate for. Um, guys being able to like take breaks essentially and get rest or whatever the case may be. I've sort of advocated for that. You think about that entire Warriors team with the exception of Draymond Green, Steph's out all year, Clay's out all year, Kevin Durant's out all year. I know there were injuries there, but if they wanted to push it, Steph could play before the end of the season, Clay could play for the end of the season. KD sit out the whole year, that makes sense. Um, we've already talked about the low management conversation with Kawhi Leonard and the success he's had with it. Um, maybe indirectly, but Carmelo Anthony and the the success he is having with the Blazers right now after taking some time off, not being able to play. And now you think about Andre Iguodala. The man went on a book tour. The man has been playing a lot. For the last five years, he's going to five straight NBA finals. He needed some rest to be able to rejuvenate and bounce back. And he got the bag, too. If mm-hmm. teams are going to be able to do Andre Drummond the way that they did Andre Drummond, I'm not mad at Iguodala for taking that time off, promoting his own stuff, getting ready for post-retirement because he doesn't have that much time left in the NBA anyway and still be able to come back and negotiate a two-year, $30 million deal in Miami rather than being in Memphis. More power to have the at it. More power <laughs> to him. It. There it is. Have at it. Anything you got as we wrap it up here, though, D-Boy? Club X, Vancouver, Washington in February. Not January, but February 15th. And that's all I got to tell you right now. That's it. All right, all right. Like I said, export, date night, or singles night, whatever you want it to be, we can make it happen for you at the Porter Hotel on the 16th floor this Friday on Valentine's Day. And also come see some good quality Big Sky Division I men's basketball at the Viking Pavilion. I'll be on the call for it for my AT&T U-verse, my DirecTV folks. It will be the Big Sky game of the week, so that means that it will be broadcasted on 11 Sports Network. So you can check me out, watch me on your TV, see me on the call. I appreciate all the support I got the last time around when I posted literally minutes before the game that I was going to be on TV. And later on that day, I'm getting people, especially from back home in California, really happy and excited that they got to watch me on their television out of the comfort of their own home. Obviously, we're on Pluto TV, but everybody doesn't have that for 
kind of our game in and game out situation. That's who we're contracted with as far as who broadcast our games. But on these big sky games of the week, folks from all over the country and the world, essentially, if you have those cable providers can watch us call those games. So we'll do it again this Saturday, February 15th. Check us out on the 11 sports network. And with that being said, Give it your all in whatever it is that you do. And we will leave y'all the only way that we know how. And that is to stay woke and go win.